This is Bob Ambrogi, and welcome to episode 52 of This Week in Legal Blogging, presented by LexBlog. LexBlog is home to the world's largest community of legal bloggers and is the industry-leading provider of professional blogs and turnkey digital publishing solutions to lawyers and to the world's largest law firms for more than 17 years. Again, this is Bob Ambrogi, and I am the editor of my own blog called Law Sites, which you can find at lawsitesblog.com, and uh, have my own uh, other podcast called Law Next, which you can find at lawnext.com. And today on This Week in Legal Blogging, I am pleased to have as my guest Mark Needs. Mark is a lawyer with the firm Henderson Franklin, based out of Fort Myers, Florida, where he is chair of the firm's intellectual property group. And he writes about copyright, patent, and trademark law on the firm's blog, the Southwest Florida Business and IP blog. Mark, welcome to uh, This Week in Legal Blogging. Thanks. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, good to meet you. And I'm hoping uh, the weather in Florida is a whole lot better than in Massachusetts, where I am today, where we just had our first nor'easter of of the of the approaching winter season, and power's been out all morning. So uh, I, I heard that, and then and we have all of the uh, New England cars coming down south for the winter. That should be me. That should be me. Uh, but you're you're actually uh, kind of a I don't know a snowbird in a sense. Uh, reading about your background and you you practice you went to law school and you practiced law in Chicago for a number of years, right before going to Florida. Right. I, um, yeah, I'm a Chicago born and raised, and I uh, graduated in 94 from IIT Kent College of Law and practice up in Chicago till about uh, 2015. My practice is always focused on intellectual property, and I came down here to Florida in 2015 to help build the uh, IP practice for Henderson Franklin down here in Fort Myers. And was that a little bit of a lifestyle choice as well, or uh, get yeah. away from winter? Or? <laughs> uh, it was a little bit of both, escape, yeah. you know, uh, kind of a lifestyle choice to get out of the uh, the cold, the taxes, and the potholes, um, <laughs> and then a good opportunity to sort of you know build a build a practice uh, in a new area that uh, has been sort of underserved by IP attorneys over the years. Yeah, you mean underserved within Florida or underserved more broadly? Let me put it this way: the southwest coast of Florida has not had uh, very many IP attorneys. Starting to grow a little bit, and this whole area from Tampa down through Naples is really booming, yeah. population-wise and business-wise. So there was sort of a gap there on some of the legal services, and the firm was looking to move into this area, and I was looking to move into uh, this area of the country, and we just sort of met at the right time. A marriage made in heaven. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your practice. What What is the practice that, that you built and what, what, what's the focus? Okay, so I'm the chair of the IP group in the firm. And obviously we focus, uh, our focus here is on intellectual property. The firm on the whole is uh, 65 attorneys and we're sort of a general practice firm. Also do some, uh, you know, family law and thing, uh, state planning, but, you know, mostly a, uh, you know, general practice business firm. My focus is on the intellectual property work. I handle trademark, copyright, and then lots of internet and other technology kinds of things like software, data privacy, and everything like that. We've got another attorney who does the patent work. And so that's sort of the core of our IP practice. We, you know, sort of general full service IP practice within a general services firm. 
Yeah, that, that, I'm sure that must be enormously needed. It, it is, a, as you said, a booming area down there and uh, a lot of uh, established businesses, but a lot of startup businesses. I, I know I follow the, this kind of the legal technology world and, and I know of a number of uh, legal tech companies that have come out of that region uh, in the last couple of years. So. Right. Naples is uh, starting to become quite a tech hotspot. Things have spilled over from Miami and from uh, you know elsewhere in the country. It's just a, an idyllic little part of the country to be in, and lots of innovation is starting to come out. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I, I talk to lawyers for this podcast, their practices are such that they've seen a real impact over the last 18 to 20 months from the pandemic. I, I'm wondering, is, is IP an area that, that you saw an impact at all from, from the pandemic? Well, you know, it's funny because it's been booming ever, you know, since. And then that's been the general trend over the years is that every year, you know, the Patent and Trademark Office comes out with their statistics and their year over year, you know, the number of patent filings, the number of trademark filings just keeps growing and growing. And it's no different through the pandemic here. And in fact, they might have had a little bit of a bump because as people, you know, shifted out of traditional working situations and some people traditioned out of their jobs entirely, it's fostered innovation in some, you know, new areas where we've had to adapt to business and life in general. Have there been any particular kinds of, of, of requests to you for help uh, that have accelerated? I mean, is it mostly just sort of setting up a trademark or that kind well, of thing? Well, it, it also, you know, one of the other things, especially in the, uh, you know, the way the working environment has shifted is how do you protect, how do businesses protect their sensitive information when people are working offsite? You know, so yeah. lots of things that overlap with, say, the employment area where you have to come up with policies regarding use of use of your own devices or use of company devices off-site, protecting confidential information off-site and things like that. Yeah. So as I mentioned at the outset, the firm has this blog, the Southwest Florida Business and IP blog. What, what was the genesis of, the, of this blog? How long has it been around? How did it come about? Well, I, uh, like I mentioned, I joined the firm in uh, January 2015. And at that point, the firm had already had one blog and it was more geared toward uh, a lot of the real estate and land use uh, type practices that the firm also has. We also the firm also has a big group that deals with uh, homeowners associations and developers in that sense. So it was geared more towards that, almost a real estate type of blog. Um, then the idea came about when I joined the firm to sort of expand and to get into blogging about more about general business related things to get in front of our corporate and business customers and clients. So that's where we started writing on intellectual property issues. We've got other attorneys in the firm that are involved in uh, you know, the business and tax practice. So lots of tax posts go up there as things change. And it's just sort of morphed from that. And now whenever uh, anybody, any attorney in any practice group, they've got an issue or something that sort of relates to a business type matter, you know, then there's a, a platform blog about it from. And are, are, are there others writing about IP on the blog or are you the principal person writing about IP. Uh, there's two of us that write on the IP stuff. I mentioned I do a lot of the trademark and, and that kind of work. And then we've got another attorney here who does mostly patent work. So he'll write on patent issues, but it, it you know, crosses back and forth. The uh, main thing is, is to, you know, write on, because there's lots of things that you can write on that, you know, frankly, nobody's going to read. 
So the big thing is to come up with things that, you know, people are going to be interested about or that impact their business or their bottom line and writing about those. So it could be on anything in intellectual property. It doesn't stop one of us from writing about, uh, it doesn't stop me from writing on a patent issue and it doesn't stop uh, my colleague from writing on a trademark issue. It's whatever, yeah. you know, whatever's out there at the time. Yeah. Do you coordinate around that at all? How do you figure out, I mean, if there's, if there's something perhaps you know, notable going on in the world of IP, especially uh, in Florida, do you kind of sit down and talk about, well, who, which of us should write about this? Or uh, how are we so, sometimes, this? sometimes it'll be, it'll come up like that. Um, and then we, uh, our firm has a marketing uh, director and she does a fantastic job with, with managing the uh, blogs and all the other marketing efforts of the firm. And sometimes she'll, you know, drive the content as well. You know, it's been, you know, somebody has got to get something posted and, you know, so uh, it'll uh, you know, get a little bit of prodding from from her, but it helps a lot because you know I think we do have a pretty steady flow of information going out on the blog. It's all interesting stuff, and it comes from lots of different areas within the firm. So yeah. it, it's not you know on any sort of scheduled basis or rotating basis. It's just as things come up that are we think are going to be of interest, it gets out there. What, what's your own background uh, in, I mean, had you been, had you written for blogs before this or had you been doing other kinds of writing other than, you know, legal writing, of course, but uh, bef before you started doing this blog? Well, in, uh, in past lives, I had a solo office for a while and I tried to, you know, get out content, you know, maybe on a weekly basis there just to try and generate traffic. Then also have been involved in the, in the past in firms where, you know, before the law, blog, it was the uh, monthly or the quarterly newsletter where, you know, we were writing uh, articles of interest and, and sending them out to the clients. So, I mean, this is, you know, in one shape or another, I've been doing this for 10, 15 years at least. One of the things that struck me reading through a bunch of your posts in preparation for this call is uh, you're a pretty good writer. <laughs> and it's nice as you don't have a kind of a lawyerly style, to, to if I can put it that way. Uh, you, you write uh, in very clear, plain, straightforward right, way. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, that goes back, you know, that goes way back. Um, you know, I've always been, you know, always been told you just got to, you got to start with the idea that your reader doesn't know anything and you have to explain it and make it simple and the, the simpler, the better. Um, and I had uh, my first legal writing professor uh, in college. Uh, he was a retired Marine colonel who was in the JAG Corps in uh, uh, Fort Knox. And <laughs> Uh, you know, you just, he always hit it right on the head. You know, your senior officers and the people in the court, they're idiots. You just got to educate them and, and bring it along slowly. And then I had a, a, another um, attorney that I worked with uh, probably 12 years ago. And, and, you know, he said, most people are going to be reading what you send them on their phones. So it's got to be clear. It's got to be short and it's got to be concise. And those are the couple of things that, you know, sort of drive my writing style, just Keep it keep it clean and get it home, you know. Yeah, well that that works. One of the one of the pieces that I read this is from July, uh, just this July on oh, yeah. NFTs, um, which uh, as you point out in the piece, uh, there's been lots and lots of news stories about uh, about NFTs. They've been very much in the news, but I thought it was one of the clearest <laughs> explications of what the heck an NFT is that I had read, and I'm still not sure I'd fully understand that. But well, I wrote it, job. and sometimes I. I hope I hit it on that <laughs> because it is, it's a really complex thing. And, you know, it, uh, it, it's, it's a challenge to get those things across clearly. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I, I mean, I wonder how, I know you talked a little bit about uh, the process for how you identify topics to write about. I mean, that's one where probably a lot of your you know business clients in Southern Florida or Southwestern Florida aren't going to be investing in NFTs uh, any, anytime soon. I mean, is that kind of something you think is a general interest and people are going to want oh, to read absolutely. about it? You know, um, let me uh, just back up a little bit on our the way our firm markets generally is that we do uh, we do lots of community oriented and appearances and marketing and everything like that and some of the genesis of the uh, nft piece and then there's you'll see there's other pieces on our blog by others about different aspects of the whole crypto world you know there's a lot of interest in it just generally and you know we're called on to maybe give a little bit of a presentation of let's say a rotary launch or, um, you know, some kind of a, of a panel discussion. And it'll morph into, you know, a blog piece or vice versa. Somebody will see the blog piece and then they'll ask us to come and, and talk about it a little bit further. So, yeah, you know, we write about things that have legal implications, but then also, you know, because our clients, you know, have other interests, we try to also write about things that may interest them on a different level. Yeah. Do you get any kind of feedback or engagement through the blog? I mean, have you heard back from any clients or oh, yeah. anybody else, lawyers you're running to on the street? Yeah, I, I, I do get a lot of feedback. People do see the blog. They read it. You know, I do get comments, you know, different you know, when I run into people about, you know, oh, I saw your post on such and such or, you know, that kind of thing. I've had a few people who have uh, contacted me you know, and, and and engaged us over the years because of a blog piece, not not necessarily because that was, you know, spot on with their issue, but they had stumbled across our blog and then, you know, they liked what we were talking about. So it just went from there. Yeah. And they, and they specifically mentioned that. I mean, you, you, you probably asked. Yeah. 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 They're just, a, you know, I mean, there's a handful out there. It's, you know, it's, you know, I, I view the blog as, you know, it's a it's a thing that gets information out to the clients. It keeps the, the firm and the clients' minds and it keeps us, you know, on that cutting edge, especially when we're writing about things that are, are really, you know, interesting to people like the NFTs and, and crypto and everything. And so it's something that just keeps us out in, in the front of our mind. It's not something that I view as it's going to it's going to get me a lot of clients. Right. It, but it's the kind of thing that. Uh, you know, it certainly helps in the whole client development process. Right. And you having come there to establish and build up this intellectual property practice in 2015, do, do you think having the blog has helped contribute to building up that practice? Oh, absolutely. You know, it gives um, it, it gives the it gives the firm, you know, a, a lot of credibility, as it were, because there's this volume of work out there on a lot of different relevant topics. And that, you know, we're able to tell clients, well, you could see this blog piece we wrote on such and such. And, you know, it shows that we've got knowledge in these different areas. It's absolutely helpful. Mm -hmm. Do you think about a particular audience as you're writing it that you're writing it for? Are you thinking of, of, of businesses? Are you thinking more broadly than that? Well, I guess I guess it depends on, on the topic. You know, something like that NFT piece, that's that was just general across the board. Yeah. Okay. So... You know, that was that particular audience. And then I write a lot of different uh, articles on trademark issues. So, of course, those are going to be, you know, my audience that I'm thinking about there. Those are businesses that uh, own a trademark or a portfolio of trademarks, or maybe it's companies involved in branding um, who are helping, you know, shape 
company brands and images, you know, so it's a, a, a trademark issues relevant to that. So it sort of depends on, on the, uh, you know, the, the, the topic, um, then that'll shape really who I'm writing for. Yeah. Uh, do you get involved in promoting it at all, either through social media, on LinkedIn, anywhere else? Are you, are you doing any of that? That's that's where our um, our top-notch marketing coordinator comes in because once I get the content where, you know, I, I want it to be as a writer, then there are other folks within the firm that help take over and get it out there and then push it out. Yeah. So I'm not really involved in that personally, but the folks who do that do a, do a bang up job yep. for us. Yep, that's why they're. It's all done. It's all done in house, and yeah. and um, you know, uh, so it, it it works out well. Yeah. Have you established any kind of a routine around the process of coming up with things to write about, and then sitting down to write them and getting them published, uh, or is it kind of a catch as catch can or? Right now, it's definitely catch as catch can. Um, in the past, I tried to, as best I could, to stick to a schedule of some sort, you know, but sometimes you just can't, uh, you can't get it out on a schedule. Right. It's just, you know, because either something comes up or, you know, the schedule comes around and, you know, you just don't have anything. Yeah. And especially, you know, the way I write is it's less technical writing than it is creative writing, I like to think. And so I need to kind of have those juices flowing and I can't just flip that switch. Right. And sometimes both work work and life get in the way of <laughs> get right. in the way of things, as we all know so well. Do you feel like you've learned anything about I mean, you've already talked about your kind of your style of writing and it sounds like you kind of went into blogging having that in mind when you started. But but have you learned anything else about writing for a blog or or what kinds of topics work best on a blog over the years of doing this? What I've learned is you've got to you've got to be concise, you know, because nobody you know these aren't the uh, you know 10 15 page memos that you know we were tasked with like when i was a you know a young attorney back in the late 90s right this is you know you got to hit it and hit it hard and fast and, and be concise you so you get maybe 500 to a thousand words where you've got to make a point and be articulate and sometimes cover some pretty technical ground so it's you know, the one thing I've I've learned out of it, and I keep learning, is to is to crystallize more and more uh, to make things clear. Yeah, I know from blogging for many years myself, you sometimes kind of throw things out there and have, really have no idea <laughs> whether they're being read or who's reading them. I mean, you can look at numbers and see if people are reading them. But right. I mean, some some posts uh, elicit uh, responses and, and some don't. I'm wondering if there are any. If you have found there are any particular topics that you can write about that are more likely to elicit a response or get some kind of feedback than others, well, I think it's just I think it's definitely the general interest kinds of things. You know, the NFT article was one of them, and I did another uh, another post several years ago about the uh, NCAA March Madness, and you know the you how how you can and can't use those that March Madness trademark. Every March, we kind of point back to that because it's something that, you know, bar and restaurant owners, they find that really interesting and, and it helps them stay out of any sort of trouble. So that was another one. At another firm, I had absolutely nothing to do with intellectual property per se, but uh, it was an article about or, the treatment of animals in movies, okay? Um, and it had to deal with a, a horse in the uh, movie A King's Speech and how this horse almost had its own contract 
to appear in the movie and, and, and everything like that. And, and people really like that. So, you, you know, I think it's the general interest stuff that, that gets, you know, that, that gets readership um, other than, you know, something that's a strictly, you know, um, at least in intellectual property, something that's technical. Now, the tax folks, uh, they would probably tell you a different story. Right. First of all, there's nothing fun uh, about talking about taxes generally. And second of all, it's like, okay, well, what change really is going to impact me? That's what they want to know about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, intellectual property is a, is a fascinating issue. And I think it's one that, especially for so many smaller businesses, it's, I think they find it a little bit of a challenge. I think, especially when they're starting a business, trying to figure out what should they be doing around how they brand themselves and what what is a trademark and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's daunting for a lot of small businesses. I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've used the blog as sort of a, a, a way to uh, present those topics almost. And you know, in fact, we've got one right now up here, published just today by my colleague on um, IP maintenance 101. And what do you need to do after you get a patent or a trademark? What do you have to do to keep it alive? So we do a lot of that sort of educational type stuff. What's a trademark? What what's a copyright? How should I protect it? And, and it's a it's a it's a good you know good platform to get that general information out too. Yeah, sounds good. Any other advice if you were going to talk to another lawyer uh, who's uh, thinking of uh, starting a starting a blog? at uh, his or her firm or, or wanted to improve a blog that they already had? Uh, any other thoughts about what, what, what they should do? Well, I, you know, and I'm lucky here because uh, there are a number of people in both intellectual property and other practice areas that add content. And so that we have a good flow of content, but, you know, content is king. You just got to keep putting stuff out. You know, sometimes it feels like you're, you know, you're screaming alone into the dark, cold night, but you just have to start putting it out and keep putting it out there. And then, you know, it will grow from there. So it's, it's, it's difficult, um, but just get stuff out. Content is king and consistency is king, probably with a blog getting, as you say, getting stuff Absolutely. Out. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, Mark, thank you very much for uh, speaking with me today about uh, about the blog. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. And uh, thanks again. And we've been speaking with Mark Needs of Rights for the Southwest Florida Business and IP blog at the firm Henderson Franklin in Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, a reminder, this was episode 52 of This Week in Legal Blogging. If you haven't done so yet, you can please you can check out our full library of shows uh, on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts. And uh, also, if you'd like to drop us a quick review, we'd appreciate it. But only if it's a good review. We don't want any bad reviews. Uh, and uh, last but not least, head over to lexblog.com slash TWILD for this week in legal blogging. We can find outlines of each and every episode we have done so far. On behalf of myself and on behalf of everybody at Lexblog, this is Bob Ambrogi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>